You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. players i can't stop drafting and this is a special one because it's a channel debut you can find him on youtube at destination debbie he has the best background in the business some people say it is ray gq thank you for making the time ray thank you josh i appreciate you having me on and i uh, love the introduction i'm very proud of the background so uh this is gonna be fun i'm a big fan of yours big fan of underdog fantasy everything that you guys are doing over here so to be on with you talk through some of these players yep. right on the right on the cusp of training camp we're almost there baby we're almost there i'm excited to to be on with you today thank you for having me yeah and i love your content you and i i would say look at the game very similarly in terms of appreciating movement of players and like how every running back is not the same. However, wide receiver is not the same. And the five names you picked out, some of them are totally out of bounds. So the people are going to love it, but we'll start with maybe the most reasonable one. Let's put it that way. It is Traylon Burks at wide receiver 35, 67 overall. Typically Ray, we have to pay a steep price for second year wide receivers. Not so much here with the man, who should be the Tennessee Titans wide receiver one this year. Yeah, I'm excited about him. You know, Traylon Burks, his skill set is sort of one of the things that you really like to see in fantasy from the receiver position because he is good after the catch. He does have the speed to operate downfield. And right now, today, uh, as we're recording this, he is the number one wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans. You know, Josh, I, I kind of call it the holy trinity, right? If you've got a receiver that can command the targets – that can command the air yards and can do damage after the catch, you could have a fantasy star in your hands. And I do believe Traylon Burks has the capability to do that. So to get him, would you say wide receiver 35 right yep. now? He's coming off of the board. Uh, listen, this is not a sexy offense. I get it. It is. Uh, it looks very archaic, but right now he's the best receiving option that they have. A lot of talent here as you watch these clips. I'm excited for Burks this year, man. You know, he was thrown into the fire as a rookie. You know this, going and watching his games at Arkansas, he was using the slot 77% of the time. That dropped all the way down to 17% uh, during his first year in the NFL. You went from consistently being in motion and given almost free releases with the Razorbacks to, hey, we're going to isolate you in man-to-man -man coverage and good luck to you. Um, there's no wonder, uh, to go along with what you said, in terms of his in-shapeness heading into his first season, and then also the responsibilities he was given during his rookie year, that he was going to struggle 
during the first portions of his season. But then in the four of his final five games, you get 14.6, 9, 9, and 10.6 fantasy points. And that was coinciding with Ryan Tannehill. And then we kind of had the Titans, you know, bottom fallout beneath us because of the quarterback changes. Um, He is the type that you typically see that when the game slows down for them, when you are able to harness what you do well and the skills that you do have that are strengths, those taking a next step and maybe learning a bit of the dark arts of the NFL and, you know, attacking blind spots and creating separation for yourself. I am totally with you. I was not in on rookie year Traylon Burks, but I'm definitely in on second year wide receiver Traylon Burks. You make such a good point. I mean, he was not in, as you can see, there were a couple of clips, one against Jair Alexander, where right here, they've got him operating outside as a traditional X. This is something that he just did not have to do uh, during his collegiate time at Arkansas. So to think that, Josh, part of me feels like we have been spoiled in fantasy because if you don't produce Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase type rookie seasons, I mean, I I remember the days where a rookie receiver, they go out and get you 800 yards and you're excited. You're like, man, I've got something (laughs) good. Now it's like, ah, bum, get him replaced. But I I do think that learning and and you can see right here, they're trying to utilize him in, in a variety of ways. Of all the clips you've shown, I've seen him run out routes. He's he's run um, nine routes down the field, getting down the field. He's he's run intermediate routes. So I think coming into this year with the confidence that at least right now, I am the man. I am the elder statesman. I am the alpha of this team should bode well for him in 2023. Totally. I'm right there with you. And like we're able to say that just on 54 targets, 444 yards, and just one touchdown in 11 games. And I think we've talked so much about like what Kellen Moore is going to do with Justin Herbert and what so many other offensive coordinators are going to do with their quarterbacks. The Tennessee Titans get a new offensive coordinator in there as well. And look, this is a team. It feels like it is in vogue to say every single year that it's, this is the season that the Titans are going to take the step back. This is the year that Derrick Henry falls off a cliff. What if Mike Vrabel is just like one of the best damn coaches in the NFL and they don't do that? You know, like I am in the former camp, to be honest with you, but is it going to be to the degree that this is a bottom four offense? You know, final question. What if they do sign DeAndre Hopkins? Where then do you land on Traylon Burks? Will you be scooping up the discount potentially? I think so. I think because it's still just I think what would happen is people would overreact and bury Traylon Burks where the reality is I think who that signing would really hurt is Chig Okonkwo. I think it would be Okonkwo that takes the hit and and not Traylon Burks. Yep. You totally nailed it. Um, And look, he's going in this rap in this range. And I just had uh, Ron Stewart on the show yesterday. We talked about Mike Evans. I would much rather go with the upside. I think of Traylon Burks than where Mike Evans is going, but then it's in that same like sandwich of groupings of Jordan Addison and Jahan Dotson. who I'm also (laughs) in love with. You know, right? Yeah. Like this is, yeah. I said it yesterday, I'll repeat it today. This is the area of the draft where I want like four picks because I just <laughs> love all these players. And we're only looking at wide receivers here because I'm even going after, you know, Michael Pittman along with Anthony yes. because I think he's a step ahead of where other people, my two big reservations, then we'll move on from here. Just 27.7 pass attempts per game with Ryan Tannehill. If you average that out for the whole season last year, that would have been fourth lowest in the league. And again, going back to the point, they might be a bad team. They might not which means just fewer touchdowns. But uh, yeah. again, a discount that we get in the second year wide receivers. It doesn't happen often, and we're getting one with Traylon Burks.
We haven't talked about Alvin Kamara once in this channel all offseason. And Ray, you're here to preach. Tell us why. I am excited about Alvin Kamara on the football field, okay? When I'm in these drafts, and for the longest, Josh, I'm like, man, Kamara in the hundreds, Kamara next to Samaj P. Ryan, Kamara next to Javonta Williams, whose knee was, you know, injured last season. It never felt good to me, okay? It, it felt like it was always too low. And there was some news that broke, you know, a couple of days ago or yesterday that uh, settled the civil lawsuit. There's some, there's some closure. We're getting close to closure with Kamara. I never once thought he'd be suspended for the entire season. Okay, six games, that would stink. I, I don't want to be out of Kamara for six weeks. Two weeks? Four weeks? Maybe no weeks? He's worth it. It's Alvin Kamara. What? I mean, Josh, r- realistically, Matt, I mean, I love Kendra Miller. Love yep. him. I liked him at Texas Tech, uh, uh, at uh, TCU. I-, I was a big fan of his game coming out. And I mildly liked the landing spot. But this is Alvin Kamara we're talking about. Yep. If and when he's on the field, he will get the ball. They will use him. He is going to be the receiving back for the New Orleans Saints. Last year, Jamal Williams caught a grand total of nine passes. Kendra Miller's a rookie running back who was drafted in the third round who has not played any football since he injured his knee versus Michigan in the college football playoffs. He did not participate in OTAs. He didn't do anything in rookie minicamp. So we're just expecting a rookie third round running back to come in. And do you think there's ever a world in which the New Orleans Saints are going to look and see Alvin Kamara there and say, you know what? We're just going to give Kendra Miller your touches. To get him at at 100 right now, if 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 I told you, Josh, today, without a shadow of a doubt, Kamara will not miss a single snap Ooh. due to suspension, <laughs> where would you take him right now in underdog? Where would oh, he go? Okay. Let, let, let's pull up where players are going right now and like mm-hmm. find that line, okay? All right. Right now, he is being drafted at running back 33 overall, <sighs> 101 overall, okay? If he misses no games... No games. Um, I would probably put him right in this Alexander Madison, Miles Sanders, Cam Akers, Damian Pierce territory. Is that even too low for you? Too low. Go up a little higher. <laughs> I mean, and that's even after, you know, Kenneth Walker and Aaron Jones. So maybe you're talking in this Jameer Gibbs, Travis Etienne, Joe Mixon territory. You were on point. I, I'd have okay. him. I'd, I'd probably have him in the Walker, Aaron Jones, Mixon yeah. space yeah. if you knew he wasn't going to miss any time. And uh, let's update. And I've done my best reading of, you know, the Mike Florios and everyone else on what is going to happen potentially here for Alvin Kamara heading into the season. Because it's a tricky spot. Like so often yeah. when you're drafting at this portion of the year, it can benefit you to invest in players like this, but then it can come back to bite you. And I'm not saying his situation is even close to like the Will Fullers of the world. Right. But people get stung and then they remember it, you know, for guys that you don't know what their situation is going to be. Um, as you said, the legal situation is over, but the NFL situation is kind of just beginning. And now the league has to finalize their investigation. They have to propose a penalty and they have to present a matter to an independent judge and the whole time with that, there might be a settlement with Alvin Kamara and the league. Um, the personal conduct policy makes the baseline punishment for assault a six-game suspension. But Nick Underhill, who does fantastic work at over yes. at New Orleans.football, said he will, quote-unquote, take the under on six games. 
So that might mean four games. And to your point, the Saints have kind of prepared themselves for missing Alvin Kamara, you know, signing Jamal Williams in the offseason, going out and drafting Kendra Miller, who in their eyes is probably a three down back. I know that over the last two years, we've gotten like workhorse Alvin Kamara in 240 carries, 223 carries. But let's not forget, like in the previous three seasons before that, it was just 194, 171, and 187. And that allowed him to get 105 targets, 97 targets, you know, another 107 targets to his game. What if they want to take some of the wear and tear away from the grunt work and instead allow him to flourish in the passing game back with a quarterback that will utilize his running backs in the passing game and not, you know, the Jameis Winston's, the Taysom Hills and the Andy Dalton's of the world. Preach baby preach (laughs) because I I think that is, that's when Alvin Kamara is at his best, right? When, when they have that thunder lightning approach, when they had Mark Ingram, when he was, you know, an efficient runner, when he was a good running back, when he wasn't as old as, as what he currently was last season. But I think that's exactly what the Saints have done. They have prepped for Kamara, A, not being there, and then B, when he is there, how do we maximize his skill set to the best of our ability? It is not jamming jamming him up the A-gap, you know, 20 times a game. It's utilizing him in space. Jamal Williams, that is not his forte. The New Orleans Saints, I believe Alvin Kamara had 77 of the 101 targets to running backs for the Saints last year. This is... When he's on the field, this is going to be a guy. And this is a player where I'm willing to bet on just the historical upside of what this player brings to the table. I'm not playing dynasty. I just need you for 17 weeks. Right. And, you know, Sean Payton has left, but this team still invests in the offensive line, maybe more than anyone across the league. And that always sets us up for running back success. Maybe the two bad outs here. Okay, Ray, are... One, Kendra Miller just like lights it up during those opening, I don't know, four games and just like claims a major role. But even if that's the case, Alvin Kamara might give us like a Tony Pollard-esque role in this offense. You know, the explosive plays and that's what gets you home instead of the volume. And then two, even more so now, he has touchdown competition. Because Mm -hmm. it's not just, you know, the Taysom Hills of the world. You bring in Jamal Williams who scored 19 freaking touchdowns last year. but. I'm with you. Like, I think now is the time when everyone is expecting at least a six game suspension to maybe dip your toe in the running back 33 waters with uh, Alvin Kamara. One more quick thing to to that to that point is I think this year is going to be a real big litmus test for Alvin Kamara and Jamal Williams because Kamara is pretty damn good at the goal line as well. So I think it's just going to be an interesting dynamic between those two. But I'm I'm just excited for him this year. I think he's worth the gamble. I'm with you. And I've seen a lot of places cite his stats over the last two years and how they're different than, you know, his first four years in the league. Yeah. What the hell do you expect? <laughs> I mean, you go from Drew Brees to Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill and Andy Dalton. Of course, his efficiency as an individual is going to go down at the same exact time. Anyways, just want to put some context to that. Have you ever been on vacation after a long day of activities or sightseeing? You have a night in room service, bathrobes and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have. And you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. 
you start a new show, a new series. And when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals underdog or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right, three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. Jarek McKinnon is up next, running back 43, 128 overall. Why? Give me some of that Jarek McKinnon, because in a world in which we are hammering those wide receivers early, I believe the upside that he possesses as, as running back 43 is, again, worth the cost of uh, investment. You don't have to spend a high draft pick to get Jarek McKinnon. I think if you go Patrick Mahomes, get you an easy stack there with the Chiefs and, and Jarek McKinnon. And it's sometimes, Josh, it's what the teams don't do that speaks the loudest. And the Kansas City Chiefs, let me, for everybody, let me just give you the timeline of this. Jarek McKinnon did not sign his free agent tag until after the NFL draft, which means Kansas City went into that process knowing, A, Isaiah Pacheco probably needs some sort of surgery. B, we're not going to give Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's fifth-year option. We probably need a running back, but we're not going to spend any capital on one. We'll get Dendrick Prince uh, as a UDFA. McKinnon signed on May 1st. They knew he was coming back in that role. Pacheco is a grinder running back who may not even be healthy for the start of training camp. Clyde Edwards-Elair can kind of do a little bit of everything, but we are past those days. Jarek McKinnon is assuming the same role in which he had career best in receptions, career best in receiving yards. And when we needed him most, he was there for us in the fantasy playoffs. So this is another guy where if you sort of go hero RB and you want to backfill with these Jalen Warrens, with these kind of players, Jarek McKinnon, give me the pass catching running back on a great offense, please. I'm totally right there with you. And to put context to that, this era where he's going, you mentioned Jalen Warren. We just talked about Jamal Williams, who's a role player. It's either role players here, receiving backs, or true running back handcuffs. Why not get the guy that is going to have some standalone value in a week out, week in, week out basis on arguably the best offense in the NFL, you know? On last year, and Rich Rebar pointed this out in one of his columns, and I didn't realize this, Kansas City Chiefs running backs were second in the NFL in receiving yards last season at 826 while leading the league with 12 receiving touchdowns. Now, guess who had a huge say in that? You know, of the 826 yards, Jarek McKinnon had 512. Of the 12 receiving touchdowns, Jarek McKinnon had nine. That's all on 71 targets. Now, to be fair... He did just have seven receiving touchdowns in his first six seasons in the league. So a question of if this is sustainable is 100% fine and true. But I love your point because we always talk about it. Follow the money and follow the timing. And their reinvestment back to Jarek McKinnon, to me, speaks absolute volumes. And you saw it in some of the plays that we just showed. The way he creates explosive plays too, gains of 34, 21, 28, 56 yards, a number of 19-yard gains in the passing game. That is very different than any other running back you can find out there. And a big part of it is because of the concentration, the eyes that Patrick Mahomes pulls in and these gaps that then Jerick McKinnon takes advantage of. And Josh, they they have not done 
they've added receiving bodies, but yeah. I don't think that anybody is there that I'm, well, th this player is going to take targets away uh, from Jarek McKinnon. And the Chiefs didn't even really use him at the start of the season last year. It wasn't until about midway through the season to where they really started to incorporate him into the offense. I, I just, I believe that what they want to do, and you see a lot of NFL teams doing this is, utilize Isaiah Pacheco in that hammer roll, get the crowd fired up, wear that defense down. Then they bring in lightning and Jarek McKinnon. Don't forget that he is their best pass protector at the running back position. When Mahomes is back there, they've got McKinnon on the field on those money situations, getting him off the board, you know, RB 43, sign me up. I want that type of upside. Bryce Young is next quarterback 25. 178 overall. I am so glad you're entering the channel right now. I think with Hayden Winks and his curmudgeonness when it comes to Bryce Young way too often, tell the people, because I'm right there with you, that Bryce Young, despite being the number one overall pick, I think is going to shock some people this season. Listen, I love Hayden. I got the USC Trojans helmet back here. I am, I am, I, I am, I am USC. I really am. I really am. <laughs> But let's just let's just imagine a world, Josh, in which the number one overall pick is actually good. Let's yeah. just maybe maybe he's good. Maybe listen, I, it was his junior season, his Heisman his Heisman season, when I saw Bryce Young get the ball inside of his own ten yard line with less than a minute and a half left on the road versus Auburn right here, drives Alabama down the field after playing pretty bad, ice water in his veins. They had no business winning this game, and it was by the will and the talent and the skill set of Bryce Young that got him there. And at that point, I said, this kid is different. This kid is different. And the Carolina Panthers, they mortgaged a lot on of their future on this young man. And I do believe that he is the type of quarterback that is a floor raiser. I think that yeah. he is going to elevate the people around him. I believe that Bryce Young is the truck, not the trailer. And I think in year one, Bryce Young is going to shock some people because he's accurate. Mentally, he's ready to go. He's a competitor and his teammates are going to play for him. They are going to play for him. I'm excited for Bryce Young and to get him off the board is what, QB 25? Right. I mean... Where I think he's going to shock people is that he's not going to look like a rookie when it comes to feel for the pocket, when it comes to spatial awareness, and where it comes to being able to expand the playbook that other rookies would not be able to process on a week in, week out basis. And those are like, especially the last part, not something that like you and I can sit here and try to predict or predict. I'm, I know I am, but I, I think based on the verbiage, and just the way he plays, he is just going to look like a, not going to say a veteran because that's a cliche, but like he belongs yes. from, from day one. Now, that's difficult for a guy who's 5'10", 200-ish pounds to look like he belongs. But Ray, you know this, the way he wins at the college level is different than that of many other short quarterbacks at the NFL level. Like, he completed 72% of his passes for 10.5 yards per pass attempt over the middle of the field. When you look at Kyler Murray, when you look at Russell Wilson, it is a canyon in the middle of the field that they don't touch, right? Um, he scrambled for 592 yards this past season. And so much of that 
I think over the last two seasons, but so much of that is because again, of the feel for coverage and who's vacating what areas and not necessarily pure athleticism. Well, when we looked at, when we talked about CJ Stroud, Oh, if only he had that Georgia game every single time. And I love CJ Stroud. Yes. But, yeah. Oh, and we can coax that out of him. Yeah. You don't have to coax this out of Bryce young. It's there and it's apparent week in week out. And I think that will also surprise people. I, I, I think the kid is for real. I think he's for real. And things that I've heard from people who know him, who have been around him, like he's the, he, he, he lives this, like this is his life. He, Bryce Young did not just, he, he's been 5'10 since he's been playing in high school. He's been little, he's been a little quarterback. Okay. He, that, that is, that is what he has had to deal with. And despite those limitations, those physical limitations from a height standpoint, he has succeeded at the highest preparatory level for the NFL in the world with flying colors in a team that had the option to choose from said CJ Stroud or maybe the most athletic quarterback we've ever seen at least enter the NFL and Anthony Richardson. And they said, we want that guy. And every single report you read out of Carolina is this young man has already commanded the attention, the respect from veteran players in the locker room. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think he's going to step on the field. He's going to look like he belongs. Will he struggle? Absolutely. He's a rookie quarterback. It's the NFL. But respective of what we're here to talk about today, a quarterback is QB 25 coming off of the board with a pretty nice week 17 matchup. I'll take some Bryce Young. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's he and C.J. Stroud as 25-26 of the quarterback spot. Then after that, it's the cliff. It's the same Howells, the Mac Jones, the Desmond Ritters, the Jimmy Garoppolo's of the world. So, um I'm totally in on Bryce Young with you. Okay, we close out with a name that I wasn't expecting. <laughs> Trey McBride. Tied in 26, 201 overall. Not necessarily drafted in every single one of your best ball leagues right now. Ray, let's close it out with the second year tight end. Listen, this is, uh, this is the Ray G specialty here. I like the dumpster dive at tight end because, first of all, I got a bone to pick with with underdog. We just need to remove Travis Kelsey. Just take him out. He just skews everything. He's not a tight end. It's it, he's his own. He's Travis Kelsey. He has no position. I mean, it, when you're looking at tight end after Kelsey, after Andrews, after a couple of other players, it's, you just take a guess you're guessing and, or you're trying to use information to make the best decision. But when I'm looking at Trey McBride and the Arizona Cardinals, Hey, this team is going to be bad. Uh, this team, this team right now, Josh, their starting trio of wide receivers yep. are five foot eight, 170 pounds average. That's yep. what they have. That's what they're rolling out there. This kid was a second round pick. He's athletic. He's got good size. And the starting tight end, Zach Ertz, who I believe averaged 10.6 targets per game when he was on the field, uh, the reports came out that his entire knee was shredded and he's only seven months post-op. I, I, if I miss out on Kelsey early or Andrews, I feel I can dumpster dive and find guys that are going to be starting tight ends. And Trey McBride has the athleticism to provide explosive plays. And he's probably going to get the opportunity uh, to produce early. So when you're talking about a tight end that you can get in round 18, sometimes literally the last pick, I'll take the upside of a player who should be starting week one of the NFL season. Give me second year, Trey McBride. I love him. I'm excited for him. I really am. I yeah. really am. It's one of those, if he learns how to sit in soft areas of zone coverage, then he's going to get some targets no matter what. Like 
it's it's kind of that simple. And I think what in the final five games of the season, he had 31 targets or excuse me, six games of the season, 31 targets, 21 receptions. Um, I'm totally with you with your approach. And Hayden, and I talk about this all the time. You say dumpster diving. We do it as Dr. Frankensteining where like, <laughs> all these tight ends, the Hayden Hurst down to the Trey McBride to the Luke Musgrave. Heck, I even throw in Jake Ferguson. If you're in Scott Fishbowl leagues right now and you're looking for like that final pick, Jake Ferguson with how much Dak Prescott loves to throw to his tight ends is a very intriguing name for me. So <laughs> one of these guys is going to take a leap. One of them. Yeah. Hayden's on Musgrave. And I'm glad that you're on Trey, Trey McBride because um, someone's going to have to catch the passes they're going to be throwing in this offense. Someone is. Five seven, Josh. <laughs> I'm not George Moore, Hollywood. Somebody, there's got to be somebody over the height of five foot nine that can produce uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. But just you know, even when you're looking at warp distribution, it's just a flat line. I mean, it's just yep. dot 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 dot. So shake them up, throw them in the air. One of them's got to produce. I'll take the guy that at least has the opportunity to get an opportunity to score me fantasy points. This has been an incredible 30 minutes, Ray. Um, I saw on your channel, again, Destination Devi, you just posted a breakdown of Tony Pollard, potentially his path to the running back one overall, how he's going to fit. Um, now as the lead back on that team, finally it's happened. I love the content that you put out, especially during draft season. Um, is there anything you would like to tell the people about before we get out of here? Yeah, I just uh, I appreciate you having me on. I'm having so much fun in all of these underdog drafts. So if you see me in there, uh, you'll see the name. You'll know it. It's GQ. You'll see me in there. Just uh, don't take my Trey McBride. Leave him alone. Leave me that Trey McBride in round round 18. No, but I just appreciate the love, the support from everybody out there. Josh, thank you for inviting me on. I appreciate everything that you do uh, because you're pretty damn good at your job as well, my man. I, I've got a lot of respect for you. So thank you for having me on. Appreciate it, man. All right, everyone. That's going to do it for us. We'll have some more content on some, uh, let's say, surprising topics coming on Friday. Be on the lookout for that. Check out the rest of the channel. And most importantly, in the description down below, go and subscribe to Destination Debbie, Ray GQ's channel. All right, up the bill. We'll talk to you all soon. See ya.